You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today on the Beauty Debut podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So Jennifer, I was really excited to chat with you today because I really do see you as one of the experts in clean beauty, um, just based on you know your experiences, what you do in your business. And I'm excited to hear your journey into clean beauty. And before we dive into all of that, I would love to know how you got your start in the beauty industry. Okay, yeah, thank you so much. And you know, I am passionate about clean beauty, so I love to talk about it. I started as um, a cosmetologist in high school, um, going through the ROP program, and got out of high school, um, and didn't actually jump right into the beauty industry. Kind of took a side journey and got my pilot's license and worked in private aviation for um, a while. One of my clients in private aviation was a television producer that was doing some shows and wanted some help, um, found out I was a cosmetologist as well. And so I worked on a few of his television um, and films um, in the back, back end doing hair and makeup. And it was so creative and a lot of fun. And it paired really well with the aviation that I was doing. And it was a great balance for me. Um, And then I met my husband and moved to Northern California and got to this small town and kind of realized how do people that live outside of cities um, experience beauty products and, you know, what was available to them. Um, And so I was a new young mother developing some health challenges and then couldn't find typical products that I was used to. So trying other products um, kind of led me to where I was at. We developed an e-commerce website and opened a salon here in, in Northern California. And that is, that's the start of Beauty Care Choices. Wow. So being a pilot, I mean, only in LA, it seems like you can be a pilot and then get, you know, tapped to do um, hair and makeup on movies and film. I mean, how amazing was that? That must have been. Isn't that funny? Because oh my God. It is kind of an only in LA story. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a, it was a great experience for me. I didn't, when I first got my um, hairdressing license, I, I just wasn't one that I didn't enjoy working in a salon in the beginning. I was just kind of a free spirit. And, um, so I, it just wasn't for me in initially. 
Um, I love the creative aspect. I think it's the difference when you work in television and film behind the um, doing hair and makeup, you kind of have a little bit more control and you're on the creative side. And, and so that to me was a, a fun part of doing hair was creating a, either time period pieces or that kind of stuff. The um, standard root touch-ups and, and keeping clients feeling good about themselves was only the part that I developed later after working in the salon. And I'm like, okay, now I understand salon work. But mm -hmm. when I was younger, just starting out, I was much more fascinated by the television and film industry than the salon industry. But I've grown more passionate towards salons now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now with flying, I would imagine that's a passion also that you probably don't give up too easily. So are you, do you still fly? I mean, do you... Is that still part of your your life? I do. It is it is such a passion. Um, I love travel in general. So I like just flying even on planes. Um, for me, becoming a pilot was more of a pushing myself beyond. Um, I have a fear of heights, but it's a fear of like the edge, standing on the edge of a cliff or driving over a bridge. And so I felt like flying could maybe help me with that, but I don't have a fear of flying. And it's the weirdest, the weirdest thing. I absolutely love being in the air. I only fly little airplanes. I'm not out flying jets or anything, but I did um, my first business because I, I am an entrepreneur. I do love running my own business. So my first business in Los Angeles was Legendary Services, which was a private aircraft charter company. And I would re rent the private jets out. So like the television producer that I worked for, he owned a jet and he put it on my charter certificate and I would help him offset his cost by renting it out to other people. So kind of a broker of sorts. Oh. Um, and so that was kind of the connection. So my flying is a little bit of a stress release in these little tiny planes where I really just kind of go up by myself and it's quiet and you just hear the engine and it's just a, an amazing experience. Um, but it does tie into the love of culture and travel and all of that. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I'm so glad that that came forward. I didn't know that about you. That's, that's pretty amazing. I know we didn't plan on going down this road. <laughs> no, I love it. So let's, let's kind of take you back to the time you said you were, you know, a young mother kind of just finding your way and you were having some health issues. Is that really what kind of prompted you to start even knowing about clean beauty? Because this probably was, what, 18 years ago when people probably weren't necessarily talking about clean beauty at that time, I would imagine. Uh, yes, for sure. It was, um, well, I had my kids in, in 2000, 2002, and then we opened Beauty Care Choices in 2004. And coming back to the salon and being around a lot of the chemicals, I was diagnosed with endometriosis right after having the kids. It was kind of a long journey there, but in, part of endometriosis is being extremely sensitive to chemicals and other either smells or ingredients. Um, it's a, just a sensitivity. It's, it's somewhat of a, an autoimmune connection, but so it was an evolving situation. We launched Beauty Care Choices as a way in a small town to, one, have an income, um, but two, um, you know, it seemed like there was a need in the industry for um, something more attainable for people in, uh, you know, smaller cities to find good products. 
-hmm. and have access to them. The clean beauty. So it all kind of evolved out of that just beginning of health challenges, starting an online beauty industry back in 2004 when most beauty companies didn't even have a website. Right. Um, I mean, there were so many brands that I work with that are large professional brands that um, never even had a website. A lot of them weren't barely communicating over email at the time. They were still using fax machines and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. um, we are going back. I'm just trying to give the perspective of what it was in 2004. And even the brands we had in the salon, you know, we were still figuring out that the straightening systems with formaldehyde and things like that weren't good. So the, it was a more of an, an awareness that developed in me of the ingredients in the products. And then the sensitivities it started to have on my own self is where I developed this awareness that I wonder if a lot of people are suffering from sensitivities to certain ingredients. And that's where the passion for clean salon kind of gave me that direction for beauty care choices of this is a purpose. This is something that I can really get behind. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more then about beauty care choices. I know it's an online e-commerce website for professionals um, and consumers. So I'll let you kind of explain what it is and what people can really expect when they visit your website. Thanks. Um, so we did start in 2004. We are a full service salon in um, Northern California in Shasta Lake. Um, I have a 10,000 square foot facility and 2,500 of that is the, the gorgeous salon, but we have our corporate offices here as well as a warehouse. And we do ship to the public. So we are, we are, you know, online. Um, we have a lot of professional cosmetologists that do also shop with us because we have some unique brands that aren't sold in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. um, and our typical demographic is a little bit older than a lot of online websites, meaning not old in my demographic. <laughs> They're more in their 40s and up. But a lot of, you know, certain online um, shopping websites target more of the 20 somethings. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is the brands that I brought in um, you know, that really had um, a focus on either anti-aging concerns or the clean salon sensitivity concerns. So maybe that's how we just attracted that type of demographic. Mm -hmm. But we do have a clientele that are, they want to know a little bit more about the ingredients they're, they're putting on their body. And they want to know a little bit more about the brands that they're standing behind, mm -hmm. either their sustainability or their, um, you know, where they volunteer or where, how they're um, getting their resources. Are they concerned with cruelty-free? All of that kind of stuff has come up in our, our customer conversations. So at Beauty Care Choices, I really focus on a call center. I really wanted us to stand out being able to get people on the phone. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have a, all of our license, all of our customer service agents are licensed cosmetologists and we're able to connect with people that maybe weren't so comfortable in the beginning placing an online order, either just, it just wasn't in their wheelhouse or they're not comfortable with computers. Um, and so we're able to take phone orders and we're able to walk them through how to place a phone order. And that it is a little bit older clientele that we're working with, but it's that one-on-one -on -one you know, service of, gosh, I've been using this shampoo and for whatever reason, it's just 
all of a sudden now starting to itch my head or I just am not sitting well with this ingredient or I specifically know I cannot tolerate this silicone. Can you give me a list of hairsprays or a list of conditioners that do not have this product, this ingredient in them? And so at Beauty Care Courses, we started way long ago inputting all of the ingredients. And it was at a time when they were not available digitally. And my staff read ingredients from magnifying glasses off the back of bottles and typed them in. (laughs) And so we've built this database that now has become this resource. I just launched our clean salon division. So if you come to beautycaretoices.com, you can click on clean salon and there's eight attributes there and growing. We're adding more as we go along, but primary ingredients that we know are having the most concern of people um, whether it be sulfate-free, paraben-free, alcohol-free. Um, so we created these icons that you can click on, and then it helps you drill down to find products. So you can click on, say, sulfate-free, and then I need it to be in a shampoo, um, but I also want it for, you know, volumizing shampoo, and I need, you know, and so you can really kind of drill down what you need. And so I think with Beauty Care Choices, we do have a high, a high needs client that has special needs and due to sensitivities and ingredient based and needing a little bit more knowledge in their customer service. And that's kind of the niche that we're providing. I think that's fascinating and it's amazing. And I wonder, how do you think people begin to be aware of what they're sensitive to? I think there might be a lot of us out there that might be having you know, symptoms, but we're not really necessarily relating it to our beauty choices. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like we, we may not know like, oh gosh, if I would have just changed, you know, my shampoo, like a lot of these other symptoms might not have been so bad or happened at all. I always say it's an evolving journey and I'm learning every single day. You know, that's my passion in doing my Facebook lives or, or meeting up with different brand owners and, mm-hmm. and you and, and different beauty execs. It's, it's such a learning process, but we are starting to really recognize that if you're gluten-free, if you're gluten intolerant in your diet, you need to be gluten, maybe look at the gluten that is in your beauty products. And a lot of people might not realize that certain proteins that we use are whey proteins that actually have gluten in them. Mm-hmm. And your skin is the largest organ of your body and it's very absorbent and I can just tell any woman that's ever used a topical treatment say either bioidentical hormones or or any type of medication that's supposed to be absorbed through your skin you recognize the power of that of like wow my skin really is absorbing this stuff and it becomes very aware that everything you put on your so your shampoo you're rinsing out over your whole body in the shower Mm-hmm. And so I think it really all starts with nutrition, where we're a little more focused on, I have these dietary sensitivities that then kind of also start to lead to other products of, oh, well, if I can't ingest this product, then maybe I can't use it topically as well. Mm-hmm. So I think some of that, you know, journey comes from an evolution of dietary from the ins- beauty from the inside out, we say, mm-hmm. and you know, then other things might be that you're just, you're using a product that, you know, it's a physical sensitivity where you actually break out in a rash or itchy or have a certain reaction that then causes you to start noticing 
hey, I used this other product that did this to me as well. Maybe I should look at what ingredients they had in common. And then you kind of start to, you know, evolve with recognizing maybe this is, you know, not good for me. My daughter, she loved this uh, certain lip gloss and I wasn't a fan of it. It had these, you know, not great products in it. And so I brought her one from a brand that we love, Jane Iredale here at Beauty Care Choices Mm -hmm. as a clean makeup brand. And that's always what I thought I would, you know, let my daughter try first, you know, as you know, you want to keep your, your young daughters in their teen developing age, you know, maybe Dollar Tree makeup isn't the first place to start. You really should kind of think about the ingredients that they're that can affect their hormones at such a young age. And so I was aware of this and wanted her to try a good lip balm from Jane Iredale and she used it and she broke out. And it was a very weird situation where I'm like, what? You know, this is Jane. It's so clean. Um, And then I recognized that. um, So we moved her to a different one and through a process of, you know, trying to get her off the junky lip gloss she loved, but find the same performance that she liked. We realized she was allergic to sunflower seed oil, oil, which is also known as linseed oil. Interesting. And it caused her to have a weird reaction. And that now that's led to if she uses a shampoo with sunflower seed oil, she gets a very dry, itchy scalp and notices dandruff coming on, you know? And so it's, mm-hmm. it's all these, just, I think it's just an awareness of yourself as well. But this is even, you know, a young girl recognizing it probably from my, you know, direction of um, making her ingredient conscious, but here I am trying to push her in a good direction. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> so really, I really clean beauty is, Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and, and I believe that's... clean beauty is very individual. Well, yeah, and that was going to lead me to my question is, you know, what is considered clean beauty, first off? And, and like you said, just because it's clean, quote unquote clean, doesn't mean it's necessarily the right fit for you. So that's, that's a whole nother, like, podcast episode I'm sure we can talk about. But, <laughs> but, right. what, but what do you consider clean? Like, what, is, what does that mean? And I think there's a lot of gray area in that because now it's become kind of a selling tool for a lot of companies like oh it's clean well what does that mean absolutely it's very trendy right now and so we hear clean beauty and and it's almost like we need clean but then we also need cleaner mm-hmm. you know there's there's certain products that are clean so to me i feel like a clean brand is it's the fewest ingredients necessary mm-hmm. So you want the performance. And I think sometimes we, in our heads, might just assume brands' products do have the fewest ingredients necessary. But we look back at some brands and there's preservatives in them that literally this stuff, it's like a Twinkie. It's the Twinkie of shampoo. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. It is never going to rot. It can be on a shelf. They can make 100,000 of these things a hundred million of these things and they can be around for 10 years and it's still going to maintain the same properties because of the preservatives in it. And so I think it's kind of just, you have a natural organic side to clean beauty where, you know, you're using more, you know, maybe botanical type ingredients and less fragrance and, and chemical type ingredients. But then you have the other side of it where it's maybe it's more just specific, especially in skincare, you see just a, a, few chemical ingredients that they're more biogenic where Mm -hmm. they work with what's in your body meaning 
Um, it is a it is a compound that's already in your body. Vitamin C, a lot of vitamins and nutrition. And you have bioidentic, which is um, an ingredient that's made to mimic what's in your body. So maybe like, you know, certain vegetables and stuff or soy can have an estrogen type property or whatever. That's more of a biogenic type ingredient. Is a, Then you have synthetic ingredients. And so all of those different levels and ingredients are different forms, I think, of clean beauty, okay. as well as the natural and organic. So there's so much to it. For myself personally, I look at it as the fewer ingredients, the better. And mm-hmm. um, we're now seeing certain skincare brands, certain makeup brands that have five ingredients in either a foundation, or they have five ingredients in your your skin topicals. And I love that because normally you look at this list of ingredients on the back of something and you're like, well, I know the first three of them, water. I know water, you know, aloe. Okay. I can get behind aloe, but then you'll have this, you know, sodium laurels. And then there's this laurus sulfates and this laurel. So, you know, and all the cousins of the sulfonates and sulfate and that's where it starts to get a little hazy for me of like I don't know that any of that is really necessary mm-hmm. in products. So mm-hmm. I think it's just having the fewest ingredients necessary for your desired result. And it's very individual for yourself of what those ingredients should be. Well I like what you said about all of that because it I know that you vet your brands before they could actually be on your clean salon, you know, section of the website. And so, you know, with all of your knowledge, I mean, I can tell that you know what you're talking about. So what are, what is your vetting process for these brands? Because I think what's great about your website is you're taking all the work out of it. So the the consumer can just go on and feel safe knowing that all of these brands have been vetted by you um, because that's your, you know, it's your integrity on the line too. You know, you, you really care about what's, what you're selling. So yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit about how you vet and what your standards are? Absolutely. And I, I definitely want to empower everyone to find their own individual regimens that are, are right for them. Um, because even if it's on our clean salon um, section of the of our website, it, everyone has their own individual tolerances, um, like we said. So I definitely encourage you to to build your own knowledge of what is right for you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I'm bringing in different brands, I have to keep that in mind. Even if it's not a, it, it might even have you know an ingredient in it that doesn't fit well with myself or with my daughter, where there's nothing wrong with sunflower seed oil. It just doesn't work for her, you know, kind of thing. So really I look for, and this has been an evolving process. Obviously not every brand on Beauty Care Choices is in our clean salon division. Mm-hmm. And when you know more, you do better. And, or when you know better, you do better, whatever that saying is. But um, I've, I've been on a journey and so brands that I've brought on years past um, and might be great selling brands and are fine for certain people um, right now, the brands that I'm choosing to partner with going forward are brands for sure have a 100% cruelty-free philosophy. So that's usually all vegan ingredients. Sometimes you can have beeswax that's uh, gathered in a cruelty-free sort of way, a more of a, a sustainable um, process. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look into those kind of things of, for me, the vegan aspects, just because it's just most beauty doesn't really require any type of animal ingredient. And so I'm just a big animal activist. So that's really what I look for. Then there's the paraben free, sulfate free are probably the two other top things. I don't believe that parabens are preservatives. I don't believe that preservatives are necessary. And then sulfates are surfactants that scrub. And I don't believe any of us are dirty enough to need sulfactants that scrub like grease off a motor and scrub your floors. I mean, I just don't believe our bodies, one can tolerate that type of harsh scrubbing, but I just don't believe a lot of us are dirty enough as well that need that type of stuff in our shampoo, especially for daily shampooers or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I just think that really going along with a brand, seeing where their philosophy is, seeing how their direction, maybe all their products aren't so quite free at this point, but their direction going forward is, in a more cleaner, sustainable process and, you know, just world conscious type process. And that's kind of the brands that we want to work with now. I love that. And what, so with all of that, what advice would you give to someone that might be listening that, you know, is thinking, I really do want to switch and I want to start being more aware and I want to start shifting to clean beauty. Where do they start? You know, is it, do they start first with their makeup? Do they start first with hair care? You know, what advice do you give someone for making that transition into being a hundred percent, you know, eliminating as many chemicals as they can? Oh goodness. I would definitely say all of the above, you know, you kind of, it's even when you're thinking about nutrition, where to start being, um, going cleaner eating, you know, they say, well, let's start with your fruits and vegetables being organic, or let's start with this, but it really all baby steps are great. But as long as you're still putting the chemicals in, you might still experience some of the side effects of that. So I would definitely say, you know, your hair care is probably super important because it's in the shower and it's what gets rinsed off over your whole body. Mm-hmm. So I would look at your soaps and the things that you use in your shower um, that cover your whole entire body. The other, you know, next step would of course be skincare, being that you put it on and it just sits on your skin all day long. So something you're not rinsing off your body that's going to just sit on your body for a duration then you know that has longer time to absorb into your skin and then get into your organs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would mean skincare. And then as well, going into your cosmetic is very important as well because they do sit on your body also very long. Um, but I think the one big step you can take is wash your face every night, you know, get those chemicals off. And um, I just had a great uh, Facebook with one of our mutual friends, um, Nicole Tracy from La Bella Donna. La Bella Donna, I learned, the beautiful yeah. woman in Italian. Um, and she, you know, they have a great foundation that's only four ingredients, their loose foundation, and she's very um, focused on clean beauty as well. Um, but she made a great point in that why men age a little softer than women And maybe it is all of the chemicals and cosmetics that we're putting on our face. And so it just really hit me again, how important it is to wash our face every night and give our, our skin those, you know, at least eight to to 10 hours of, of sleep time, rejuvenation time of clean, free breathing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for women too, 
Yeah, that is a great tip. And for women, I think, especially, I think you mentioned that, you know, women can sometimes develop men and women, but, you know, I think we're talking about women here, you know, start to develop some sensitivities as we get older. It's like, hmm, I've used this for, you know, 15 years. It never bothered me until now. I think our hormone changes in our 40s and 50s play a big part in that and that we become a little bit more sensitive to things that maybe, as I said before, you know, didn't bother you. And maybe that's why, you know, your clientele is like really interested in, okay, what can I do to um, still have, you know, these wonderful beauty enhancements in my life, but get rid of all the chemicals. Do you think that hormones plays a big part in that? You know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know for sure, but mine started as a hormone issue. You know, endometriosis is definitely um, playing wrecking havoc on your hormones mm-hmm. um, and that was where my sensitivities came from so I don't know if it's that necessarily or just um, you know the aging process in general um, you know certain things start to decline in our in our systems as we age and it is hormone related in men and women we, mm-hmm. we see a decline in our hormones and um, vitamins and minerals, you know, we start to become deficient in certain areas and we need to start taking more supplements. So I think in general, it's just kind of the aging process that makes us more aware. You know, everyone says, oh, as soon as you hit 40, you just wait, you'll know, you know, yeah. and those of us that, you know, then all of a sudden it's your eyes and then it's this, you know, and so I think it just makes you more aware at that time in your life as well. So regardless of what you're going through, you start to get a little more focused on, wow, um, this being unhealthy isn't fun. And so the side effects that come from being unhealthy, you know, the hangovers are a little longer, the, (laughs) the recovery process of any type of abuse you let, you know, you put on your body. Um, takes a little bit longer to bounce back from as we get older. And it's that intolerance that your body seems to develop as we age. So I just think talking about it in terms of diet, nutrition, exercise, and beauty is part of the clean beauty movement that needs to happen is just including beauty into that whole health regimen and recognizing your skin as the sponge that it is and making beauty part of wellness, not just um, a cosmetic type um, process. So I think that's really the, the, whole, the whole picture of what clean beauty is, is as you age and you start wanting, needing more supplements, recognizing you have to exercise every day, recognizing your diet has to clean up a little bit more, so do your products. And so that to me is, is where it all kind of connects. And, and what's your answer to this? I know a lot of people that I've talked to, you know, because I've worked with clean beauty brands in the past, and a lot of people are like, well, I just don't feel the performance is there. Like, they still want to use their, let's say, mainstream, more medical type of skincare because they feel the results are there. Now, most medical skincare is not considered clean, right? There's a lot of other gunk in, in those products generally, how do you answer that to people or, or what's your response to that? You no, know, I um, met a pharmacist recently. He's actually a pharmacist, a cosmetic chemist and a nutritionist all three together. And I started using his skincare 
brand who most of the products, there's two cleansers that have more than five ingredients, but all the other products, whether it's the retinol, the vitamin C, um, they have an omega cream, it's all under five ingredients. And every single product, every single ingredient that he uses is biogenic. And I do fancy myself much more of a natural botanical type girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is coming from a pharmacist that normally I just, you know, I'm not big on, on pharmaceutical drugs or anything like this. So I was resistant at first. Um, but these products perform. And I don't know, um, his brand is called Truth Treatments. And we sell them here at Beauty Care Choices. And I'm not trying to do this as a plug at all. This is just... From my perspective, this is a person that through his career, and he was part, he's been in the pharmacy industry. He actually was, you know, his part of the process of making Blistex. And I mean, he goes back quite a ways in the the different products you'll know from way long ago that have been around. So he's been in the, the pharmacy and compounding industry for a long time. And through his career, he has developed a, um, a brand that is really powerful and it works so well with only five ingredients and so those that are stuck on their skincare brands that if you look on the back of your cleanser or you look on the back of your vitamin c serum and you see a whole list of ingredients you know i would challenge you to just really look for um brands that don't have as many ingredients, but are getting great reviews as well, and maybe give it a shot because they're, I am seeing especially more and more today, these indie brands have evolved and there is a lot of very good performing products that are extremely clean right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know there is that stigma that maybe with vegan or with clean, you have the performance compromising, but I believe we've evolved past that. And I believe there's a lot of really amazing brands um, that have figured out the the great balance between clean and performance. I love that. I'm going to check out that brand for sure. That sounds amazing. And what's it called again? Truth? It's called Truth Treatments. And um, the creator is Ben Fuchs, Benjamin Fuchs Knight. Benjamin Knight Fuchs, oh, he is, yeah. you know, a pharmacist. And so, yeah, you might I have heard he's all over the internet and yes, I have heard of him. big educator and mm. um, yeah a fascinating guest I've had him on a few Facebook lives and his knowledge is literally I do a Facebook live with him and I have to go back and watch it a few times myself to digest the information some of it I'm either even like uh-huh uh-huh and I didn't quite get that at all and I have to go look at some of the stuff he says but it's so fascinating and I love the knowledge behind it and I love learning that it's the, just the learning process in general. I'm for the forever student. So, um, but it is fascinating that I'm seeing even mainstream brands. Alterna just came out with a, a segment of their brand called My Hair, My Canvas. That's all vegan. Loving that. And it is quite a bit cleaner than, um, you know, the other products that they have developed. And so I see even larger mainstream brands trying to go in this direction, recognizing we have a big rise in allergies and sensitivities. So um, I think that this direction that the beauty industry is going is, is going to have longevity and we're going to see it even just grow even more. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next question is, you know, do you think this is a trend or this is here to stay? I'm guessing it's here to stay. I think that 
we've kind of evolved into just being more conscious and aware of what we're putting in our body and on our body. So I'm thinking it's here to stay. I agree. I agree. And I do believe that, you know, in general, kind of this time right now is we are all becoming more conscious in all different areas of life and recognizing, you know, maybe some things that we've been doing for a while that just aren't working anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think the clean beauty is kind of a rise to that in just recognizing, you know, I mean, honestly, we had beauty products in the salon that are still around that have formaldehyde in them. Mm -hmm. Formaldehyde is carcinogenic. You know, some of these ingredients that you look in these products, you recognize that in larger quantities kill people. You know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is not healthy at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really just there is we have a ways to go even still at this point and we're still, we're still evolving in that direction. But I think once you know better, Mm -hmm. you can't go back. And so I'm hoping at least that's kind of where the education part comes in. And that's why I thank you so much for doing this show and, and getting education out there um, and getting people just to think about it, you know? Yeah, it's something that I don't, I don't think we do think about. I, I think I read somewhere, and I may have this number wrong. You may know this number better than I do. Women on an average day put over, I think it was like 80 chemicals on their body before they like even leave the house for the day. Like there's so many chemicals. It's more like 400. Okay, it's more, see, it's I'm so, way off. Yeah, yeah it's 400 so crazy. chemicals. Yeah, because if you look at, you add up your toothpaste and your soap and your um, shampoo and your conditioner and your, you know, and then you can even jump into your coffee creamer and your, it's crazy if you really look at all the chemicals and sometimes, you know, you wonder if these companies are like, okay, well, this chemical is okay in this dosage, but do they acknowledge that we're using all these other products at once? Mm -hmm. And is that level safe? you know, and, and what is that doing to our system? And is that connected to any kind of immune system issues that we're experiencing and we're seeing a rise in? And so, yeah, it's it's a concern. And then just probably another good point uh, that I always like to make people aware of, because sometimes we assume as Americans that we do everything best. Um, And our FDA only prohibits 11 to 12 ingredients in our beauty products where other countries have hundreds of ingredients that are prohibited. So just the fact that you think it's been approved to be on the market mm-hmm. is not mean it's safe. Yeah. And so that's probably just a, a really big point that is something to think about, that just because it's, it's been approved by our FDA, it might not even be safe to be sold in other countries. Mm-hmm. No, I think, I think that's very true. And you have to be your own health advocate these days, for sure. Um, you know, you really just, like you said, have to listen to your own body. And, you know, I recently I was, I'm, do, I'm preparing to do a series for the podcast on menopause, which is why I was asking you earlier about, you know, hormone changes. Do you think that could be part of it? But, you know, there are so many things that we use in our environment that make us estrogen dominant. And we don't realize, even as young women, we can have all of these toxic estrogens in our system that can cause a lot of havoc in our bodies. And we think it's 
PMS or we think it's, you know, something else that has a label on it, but really it's coming from chemicals that we're using. And I, you know, was thinking back um, just now of your story of, you know, endometriosis. I mean, it could have been just chemicals you were being exposed to causing that to happen within your body. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that we don't think about what we're using and how it can be affecting our health because we're, we're all born healthy and pure. And it's like, it's through living that we gain all these, like you said, food sensitivities, you know, hormone issues, you know, diseases. It's, it, we have to look at our environment and what we're doing. It's so important. And I, I mean, you're speaking my language exactly right now is, um, you know, I'm come from the generation being raised in the eighties of chef Boyardee and frozen mm-hmm. fruit pies. And the, you know, the freezer was stocked with just, um, stuff that I would never even ingest at this point. But at that time it was just a way, you know, it was just kind of how we lived and we have evolved so much in our, in our eating. But you think when you get on that, that path, if you start as a teenager and you start having bad, you know, cramps. And so they put you on birth control for cramps that then, you know, sets you on this hormone imbalance journey that just isn't correct. You know, it's not what you're, what you need to be doing. You know, it just, it feels like it's, it ends up being this, you know, just accelerating ball of bad after bad after bad that kind of leads you to this uncomfortable spot in menopause. Like, how did I get here? You know, I feel like, you know, it all kind of compounds on each other and it starts with young kids with with teenagers that mm-hmm. experience this first hormonal shift and how we deal with that shift then leads to then how we can deal with the residuals of that so if you're if you're already going down kind of not as healthy paths as a teenager where is that going to lead you mm-hmm. by the time you hit you know menopause and then how your body is able to get through that next transition might be affected by how you've treated it up until that transition. So it's an interesting, I'll look forward to that segment or that series. (laughs) You'll have to let me know when that's coming up because yeah, that's, it's just such an interesting topic. It really, really is. And there's so many different perspectives. Again, just like with anything else, you have to, I think, take all the information and then really just, you know, figure out what is best for you because there's going to be so many different opinions. Just our, you know, there's so many opinions about clean beauty and what it is and, you know, what ingredients to avoid and what's safe. You have to really just do your own research and, um, you know, figure out what's, what's working best for yourself. So with you having access. Perfectly said. <laughs> yeah. With you having access to all of these amazing products, I mean, I would love to be like your best friend at Christmas and get all these things that I'm sure you have to give away for, you know, stocking stuffers and stuff like that, because you get to try, you have, I'm sure, a a cabinet full of beauty products and I'm very envious and I'd love to see it someday. But what what are your go-to brands at the moment? And we're talking clean beauty here. So like, give me hair care, makeup, and skincare. Like right now, what's like in your, on your shelf that you're using right now? Oh goodness. I, I definitely am, am always up for trying new 
new things. So I try not to get too stuck in one, um, especially because, you know, you always want to find something even better. I've been pretty stuck on true treatments for skin for a while, and I haven't found something because everything being biogenic, what's already in your system, and everything having just the minimal ingredients, he's got me pretty sold on that. The cosmetics, I probably still go between Jane and we have another brand, um, La Belladonna, we talked about, which is a great clean brand. And Hint Cosmetics is another one that we um, really like. Mirabella is doing some good stuff. So those are some brands that I have noticed are, are doing some really cool stuff. We just brought on a really neat uh, vegan lip care line called Ambrige, and they're all vegan uh, lip stains. And so they're they're kind of focusing on this mask um, issue of us having to, you know, put on our masks and then go into a meeting and, you know, whatever you're putting on and taking off this mask and what that does to your lips. And so that was kind of an interesting, and they did it with, with pretty good ingredients and have a great performance. I was, I was impressed. So that's a brand new brand we just brought on here. Hair care wise, surface, surface hair care is a great product. Loma Hair Care is a good product. I told you Alterna is coming out with, came out with My Hair, My Canvas just recently. Um, another brand I like a lot that's going vegan and doing um, a little bit cleaner is Saints and Sinners. They're shampoo, conditioner, and mask. <laughs> yes. And yeah. they have a, they have an Illuminati product that is oh, like a serum. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and it smells amazing. So yeah, Saints and Sinners is, a, is another great little brand that I see growing in popularity from their, you know, clean, clean perspective. Earthly Body. We use a lot of Earthly Body around here. And I find that when I meet with all of these brands, because I've interviewed most of those brands, creators. And I really find that these brand owners are creating these products based off of a personal passion. Um, Whether it be they had a friend who went through chemotherapy or whether they had a friend who, um, you know, it's just, it's so fascinating to me. Um, Alopecia or hair loss or all these different things that require specialized ingredients. And usually it's all linked together in the direction of being cleaner. Um, and so I love that, you know, you have all these passionate indie brand owners that have these passions to create products for those of us experiencing these issues. So those are some cool brands that I would check out. Yeah. And I love that you do carry indie brands. I think that's also really important because there are so many great brands that just don't have like the huge investors behind them to be, you know, affording to do all this like marketing that's required now for social media. But speaking of social media, I know you're not on Instagram, which makes me very sad, but no, we are, we are, Instagram. but you don't do Instagram lives. You only do Facebook live, right? Then maybe that's yes. what it is. Yes. Okay. We actually just figured out how to show our Facebook lives after the fact on Instagram. I think it's Yay. like IGTV. Um, okay. Yeah, so my production team is going to start sharing our videos out to Instagram. The first one is out there. One of them um, is up on our page. Um, and so we'll slowly be reeling out some of our past shows and then trying to keep up with the new ones without bombarding our audience. But we are going I to put a little it. bit more Okay, good. That. Maybe, yeah, yeah, that was my confusing thing. Okay, yes. So you're not doing Instagram lives, but you do Facebook lives every, is it every week? People can catch, I, it's kind of like a little TV show. You're doing that on Facebook. Is that on a weekly? 
or is it bi-weekly? I can't remember. Yeah, we started, it's a weekly show at 11 Pacific time and it goes live on Facebook and YouTube at the same time. And I meet with brand educators or hopefully brand creators. Um, and we just talk about exactly this specifics. Um, and we dedicate a whole hour to that brand mm -hmm. and really use a lot of graphics and education and just really get their story and their passion behind why they created their brand. So I think it gives our audience, you know, uh, if they have an interest in a brand, it gives them enough knowledge to decide whether this is something they really want to try or maybe not, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, it's going weekly. We're on, we're just next in two, three more shows. We will have done, uh, hit our first year. So I got my 52, first 52 shows in. <laughs> wow. That's an accomplishment. And what I like, it's also a great platform. If you are out there listening to this and you want to discover new brands, indie brands, really educate yourself on what clean beauty is, because we can only address so much in an hour podcast, that would be a great place to start is, you know, watching those Facebook shows um, with Beauty Care Choices. And also, you know, look for look out for those shows now on Instagram, which will be great. I think it's good to be on both. And you're also on YouTube, which is a great platform too to discover um, what you have to offer. Thank you. Yes, I would look forward to anyone joining us and we are live. It's an interactive show. So if you have any questions and you catch us um, Fridays at 11 Pacific time live um, pipe in with some questions. I love getting live questions and um, so do our guests. You know, we like this answering stuff, questions that consumers or viewers have. So uh, it is a fun way to learn and find out about new brands and I'm enjoying it. It's really fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your experience on clean beauty. I think this is a really important topic because it definitely relates to wellness, which is, you know, very important for all of us, especially during these stressful times that we're all living in, um, in 2020. Um, so it, I think this is a really important topic and I hope to have you back again, maybe to dive in a little deeper or, you know, to discuss other ingredients that, you know, we could, you know, just educate ourselves on. So I'd love to have you back. It's been great chatting with you. And I just want to thank you again for taking time out of your busy day. I know you're running your business and, um, you know, you're busy and I, I'm just grateful. <laughs> no, I love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate so much. I love your podcast and all you're doing to bring awareness and just in the beauty industry and supporting all these amazing people in our beauty industry. So thank you so much for what you're doing on your podcast. And thank you for the opportunity. I would love to come back and, and talk to you guys again um, on any of the topics you feel uh, would be appropriate. I'm in. So okay. thank you so much, Claudia. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.